Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Five of Pentacles and Exiles. Today's show will focus on the Six of Pentacles and Hospitality through Zania. Myth and Tarot, where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, cards, and pentacles, and all of the above. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new aged wisdom. I am Biddy, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Hopefully you've been having a good week. Yes. If not, we're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, yeah. uh, Today we're talking about the Six of Pentacles. Um, So last week we talked about the Five of Pentacles, which is kind of, you know... Uh, it's it's not great. It's not it's not a great place to be in because you know you're you're dealing with this fear of wealth. Fear also it often inve- involves um, losing all your wealth um, or losing wealth that you really wanted to hold on to. And today is the tarot's response of how to build up wealth and how to um, how to get out of that slump, if mm-hmm. you will, and. The, the real ringing word that comes to mind is generosity and benevolence. Uh, but it's not about giving to the point where you don't have anything left. Uh, there's, there's also this idea of balance that's very much important. So let's actually just talk about the card. Um, so I'm going to describe the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. And what we have is we have our six pentacles that are kind of framing the sky, if you will, um, and you have this image of three people. Uh, the central figure is a man who looks like he's definitely in power, um, just from the the way his he's dressed and everything, or at least more well off. Yeah, he's, he's might he might not be like a king or anything, but perhaps a nobleman of some mm-hmm. sort. Um, and he's holding in his left hand a balance. And in his right hand, he's giving money to someone who's on their knees below him. Uh, So he's got people on either side. And I find it interesting that he's focusing his attention on one person and not on the other person. Mm -hmm. So he's ignoring the other one completely. Yeah. So it's kind of like he's he's picking the person to give his wealth to. um, And the other person, even though they might also be in need... uh, is not able to receive wealth from him, uh, possibly because he only has an, so much wealth to, to give, right? Um, and that's very much the importance of that balance card, like the balance in his in his left hand. Like the scales, yeah. The scales, yeah. So he's, uh, there. there's definitely this sense of you need to, you need to focus, uh, like where you're, you're putting your generosity. Um, so when this card shows up, there's a lot of things it could mean, uh, but mostly in, it normally um, will come up for a person who's in that position of power, less so for the pers- people who are in need. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this card can represent like ha- like finding a benefactor, hmm. um, So, but that's much more rare than it is the case where a person is in the, in the position of power. And I would say that... Um, if this was 
like the reversed meaning, like where you are the one receiving the wealth instead of the one giving out the wealth. Um, I would say the other cards would kind of indicate that to you. Mm. So the other cards might say like you're taking too much or or just you're the one that's being that's receiving. Yeah, it would. Well, I think the other cards would say something along the lines of like, um, you know, you're like finding a teacher kind of thing or finding someone who's going to give you wealth like finding Mm -hmm. a benefactor um normally like when i'm giving a a reading that's what will happen but almost always this card means uh you need to start sharing your wealth Mm. um in particular it'll say okay uh think about the people who are around you think about um which of them could benefit from your wealth and which of them could um like what? What are you able to do, and what are what are their needs, basically? Yeah. So it seems almost like the is it the four of pentacles about like the hoard, like keeping your wealth. Yeah. This, this is probably like even more so saying like to share it. Well, the four of pentacles is about is about hoarding, mm-hmm. right? And it, it kind of warns the dangers of hoarding and saying, hey, you really if you want your wealth to grow, you need to share it. Um, and that idea is the six of pentacles. So when the six of pentacles comes in. It's not so much saying you have been hoarding your wealth. Mm-hmm. It's just saying now is a really good time to be investing in, in new friendships, to be sharing uh, a sense of benevolence, to share what you have, if you will, um, to the best of your abilities, like mm-hmm. to not necessarily push it past um, what you're capable of. And I definitely have to emphasize that idea as well, because sometimes this card can warn that. Um, so if... so. If a person's in a position where, like, this card shows up as an obstacle, in particular, if it shows up as an obstacle, that's what it's meaning. It's saying something along the lines of, you might be giving more than you have, and it's tipping the scales, and it's making it, it's going to make it difficult for you to continue on uh, giving in the way that you have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so other other cards, we have um, we have the Shadow path journey through journey to the shadow realm that's it hidden realm hidden realm i I always want to call it the shadow fairy deck we're terrible about this (laughs) thank you so much for your patience listeners thank you so much so anyways we have biddy's fairy cards and (laughs) um in this one uh i'm i really like the image of a tree that's giving fruit um to two women and one woman is collecting it in a basket the other one is picking um, but they're not necessarily hoarding like too much. Mm-hmm. It's not so. It's not at the point where it's more than they can ha- they can have. And this really reminds me of a story called the the Giving Tree, um, which is not the story we're going to tell today. Uh, but it's it's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's about a tree that has fruit for everyone, and then suddenly they all start picking too many fruits, and the, the tree dies, and then no one has fruit anymore. And that's definitely one of the one of the worries that comes in for being generous and it's one of the reasons why in a four of pentacles why people don't want to give because they're afraid of of giving to the point where they're not able to like have enough for themselves anymore right Mm -hmm. but that's definitely not something um that you should be too focused on in in general when this card shows up so if it shows up as an obstacle card, that's what you're that's what you should be worried about. But normally it's saying, hey, this is a really good time to be investing in some friendships. You never know what giving is going to 
uh, bring back to you. That's true, because if we think about, like, that energy exchange, you can't receive something unless you give something to you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, if you're thinking about it as, like, an exchange of cause and effect, this is kind of um, one of the laws of karma. Oh, sorry, and I said energy, and that probably bugged you. Uh, it's not going to bug me too much. Okay. I'm just, yeah, um, so it's it's just, yeah, this idea that uh, you you can't receive something if you haven't put it out there. You haven't, um, uh, and that's that's probably one of the more spiritual sides of of the tarot, but it's, it's really saying... Um, you never know how how a good deed can flourish, mm-hmm. right? Um, in particular, this idea of benevolence and just wishing well for others and uh, sharing what you have in order to create a more um, loving and giving society. Like those are the kinds of th- that's the kind of wealth that. Um, hoarding money and having fears of not being able to support yourself just cannot create mm-hmm. right um this idea of of benevolence and, and caring about people and wanting to share what you have in order to to have them grow uh tarot teaches that that does come back to you and that will help you gain more wealth in the future as well but that shouldn't really be the reason why you're doing it mm-hmm. if that yeah. makes sense yeah um uh, if we look at the Celtic dragon tarot, I uh, there is a dragon that is holding um, in his left hand um, a bunch of money, and in his right hand a, a little girl. There's a little girl with him, and there is a, an old man who's approaching the dragon, and it kind of looks like he's making a choice between having money and perhaps um, a family mm-hmm. member. Uh, that kind of, at least that's the story that comes to mind when I look at this card. Um, so oftentimes when I see this particular card, um, so just kind of looking at another interpretation of the six of pentacles, um, what, what I'll interpret it as, uh, is that everything has a cost, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, uh, you know, there, there is a money value, but there are also some things that are priceless, such as family, um, and sharing sharing wealth with people and creating those friendships and those bonds are the are sometimes wealth that um you can't really put a number value on mm-hmm. as well so these are all kinds of the ideas involved in our six of pentacles and we have two stories today um right biddy yes we do yeah so i felt like they both look at the six of pentacles maybe in a couple in different ways so i thought i wanted to to share both of them with you guys but before i say the stories i wanted to talk about um a greek concept which i'm pretty sure i brought up before but i'll I'll say it again anyways um so it's called xenia which is x-e-n-i-a and it's the idea of hospitality or generosity is also known as the guest host or guest relationship or guest friendship. Um, it's actually mm-hmm. a formal institution of friendship shown to a stranger or a traveler who comes to your house. So whenever a person comes to your house, doesn't matter who they are, what You're, position they're in, they, they suddenly have this bond mm-hmm. with the host. Yeah, and you have to give them like food, a place to stay, and normally a gift as well. So that's so cool. Like mm. I feel like we don't really have that so much no. in in North America anymore. No, this idea. Not. But yeah, yeah. And we, yeah, we were saying that before too. Like it's we don't really have the 
kind of open door policy. Some people do, but for the most part, yeah. I feel like we're more closed off. And But whenever you meet someone who has that kind of open door policy, it's always so special. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so warm and welcoming. And it's a friendship that you do treasure and want to kind of... Yeah, go back to as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Um, the patron deity of Zania is Zeus, and he's actually in our first story today. Okay here. Yeah, who'd have thunk it? So this story um, is about Baucis and Philemon from Ovid's Metamorphoses. So because it's um, Ovid, he uses the Roman names of the gods, but that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. So Baucis and her husband Philemon were an old couple that appeared in a myth that has lesser is lesser known uh, among the Greek and, and Roman mythology, but it's still a really good one. So they lived in a region of Tanaya, um, which may have been Phrygia, just I guess, mm-hmm. and have a, a location. Um, so the gods Zeus and Hermes, or again Jupiter, Jupiter and Mercury, um, were disguised as peasants. And they asked for a place to spend the night. But all of the inhabitants of Tanea rejected them. Because they didn't know they were gods. They did not know. <laughs> they did not. They were in, in disguise. They looked like peasants. No one knew who they were. Yeah. Um, finally, they reached the door of, they reached a poor cottage of two elderly people um, who, unlike their rich neighbors, accepted the gods graciously and offered them the best hospitality that they could with their kind of simpler means that they had. So while they were eating, Balkis saw that the wine pitcher was still full despite having served their guests numerous times. Um, and because of this, the, they realized that their guests must have been gods. So she mentioned it to her husband and the two of them started apologizing for not having anything better to serve them. Um, they then decided to kill one of their pets it was a goose um but when philemon tried to catch it the zeus ran onto zeus's lap (laughs) and the god said that there was no need to slay the goose um instead that they should all pack up their few belongings that they had and leave their cottage because it they were going to destroy the whole town for (laughs) for the lack of hospitality of its residents oh my gosh (laughs) Like, don't kill the goose, just bring it with us. Yeah. Uh, so the couple followed the gods to a nearby mountain um, from where they saw that the town had been completely destroyed by a flood. And where their cottage once stood now lay a glorious temple. Uh, the couple asked that they serve as guardians of the temple, and Zeus accepted their request. Um, they also asked that when it was time for one of them to die, that the other would die as well. And so when their time was due, Zeus gave them their wish to transform them into intertwining pair of trees, an oak and a linden tree. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Sorry, my heart. (laughs) Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, Yeah, when I got married, actually, there was um, one of the beautiful cards that was sent us was this story about how marriage is like two trees that are young and as they grow old they're intertwining together it's like oh my goodness that must be the story that's inspired from maybe yeah it's beautiful that is so sweet okay well um yeah that's 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 a good example i think of how not necessarily knowing how your generosity is going to benefit you exactly how it's (laughs) going to pay off and that no matter what it doesn't matter who comes to you whether they look like a god or they look like a peasant 
you still need to be generous I no think, matter what. I think what I like about that story, too, is the fact that uh, compared to their neighbors, they didn't have the same level of means, mm-hmm. but they still had enough that they could share. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's definitely one of the fears of the Four of Pentacles is this idea that, oh, I can't share any of what I have. I won't have enough left for myself. But I think in, in general, we, we normally have a lot more than we think we do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, that's true. Yeah. Like, if you have enough to eat and share, you know... So with, share some wine, share some bread, some yeah, something. If, like, whatever you have, there is always this opportunity for sharing what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shouldn't... Not to the point where you're going to starve to death, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. but definitely, there's always this opportunity to share, and we're, we're so afraid of, of doing that, it seems... And, I say we, but I I think that's kind of like a cultural fear of like noticed. we as a society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In in general, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. So that's the first story. The second story I'm going to look at is between Diomedes and Glaucus. Their encounter on the battlefield in Book Six of the Iliad by Homer. So this scene is a digression in the plot as two soldiers from either side stop to have a conversation again in the middle of the battlefield uh, and tell us the story of how their grandfathers met. So Diomedes is a Greek leader and Glaucus is a Trojan ally. And when they meet... So they're soldiers on opposite sides. Yes, opposite sides. And when they meet on the battlefield, Diomedes is quite restrained and he doesn't just attack him. um, But instead, he asks Glaucus to identify his lineage. So who his father, grandfather, and so forth are. Um, There's a reason for this, but I don't... Well... Don't need to go into it. No. (laughs) But it's basically don't piss off a god again <laughs> oh so he asks him of his lineage just so he doesn't just, just accidentally yeah hurt attack a god. Yeah. a god yeah okay he may have done it before oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> so he's like i'm just gonna make I'm sure i'm just gonna make sure you're not a god before i attack yes. you that makes sense because yes, Gla- glaucus was wearing golden armor so that's oh. why he's like oh like that's kind of something special there it's not yeah. the usual thing okay so who are you who yeah, are you before i kill you, you? yeah <laughs> So, so Glaucus starts by explaining um, the story of his grandfather, the hero Bellerophon. Okay. Uh, have you heard of Bellerophon? Nope. No? Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I'm not going to go into super detail on his backstory, um, but it is a typical hero's journey. So he was driven out of his home city by the king because the king's wife fell in love with Bellerophon. Kind typical of story typical. typical hero dilemma mm-hmm. too, too oh no looking. a princess is in love with me well now i have to flee well a queen who is married oh okay so that oh no the... a married queen is in love with <laughs> <Yeah>. me <laughs> typical story <laughs> so the king decide decided to send him to one of his friends another king with a note telling his friend to kill bellerophon Oh. But Bellerophon didn't know what was what was in the note. Yeah. Um, but as per, again, Zinnia custom, you don't ask a person who they are or what they're doing at your place until you feasted with them and showed them proper hospitality. So the, the other king, you know, brought him in, fed him, all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. he's like, okay, like, what are you actually doing here? And that's when Bellerophon gave him the note. Him the note. Yeah. Um, and again, at this point, the host really liked him. And so he didn't want and he didn't want to kill him. Instead, he decided to send him on these incredible tasks, kind of almost um, 
Heraclean-like tasks. That so, were, would have killed him. Yes, that could if have he, killed him. If he him. weren't a, a hero. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. so one of them, um, he was sent to kill the chimera. So a mo- this is a monster with lion in the front, a snake in behind, and a goat in the middle. I didn't realize that was Beler- Bellerophon. Bellerophon. Yep. So, okay, yep. the story's this starting to like, ring. It's starting to ring exactly. bells. I think I've seen like... Re- redone versions of this story. Yes, like, bits and pieces yeah. are, are brought into other myths and, and whatnot. Definitely the carrying a note that says kill him. <laughs> right? Yeah. And not knowing what not the note knowing. says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and another task that he had was to bring down the Amazons. But again, oh, well, he, he kind of did it. But <laughs> it's okay. We'll forgive you this time, Bellerophon. Yeah. Um, so when he did all, all the things, um, his host gave Bellerophon his daughter's hand in marriage as a prize. Because, again, he liked him and he was so impressed that he was able mm-hmm. to do everything. Yeah. So he's like, you're in my family now. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Well, yep. This is it. Um, and from this union, they had three children, one of which was, oh, shoot, Hippolychus, who was Glaucus's father. Oh, okay. So, uh, so again, Bellerophon was Glaucus's grandfather. And on Bellerophon's journey, um, he was also hosted by Oeneus uh, for 20 days. And again, they gave each other these wonderful gifts and became guest friends forever. Guest friends forever. forever. I love that. <laughs> GFF. GFF forever. <laughs> Which also, again, means their ancestors, not just, not their ancestors, their descendants. Okay, so now their de- descendants, descendants are also guest, guest friends, friends forever. Exactly. So, Oeneus turns out to be Diomedes' grandfather. Um, which is why him and Glaucus are then also guest friends. Oh. Yeah. So, he's, so, uh, so Diomedes mm-hmm. um, asked him for his lineage and then found out, then oh my gosh, we're guest friends. Yeah. So, he, yes, exactly. So, Glaucus gave his backstory and Diomedes was like, oh, well... Bellerophon was a guest of Oeneus, who was my grandfather, so therefore we're also guest friends. Um, so instead of fighting each other, they exchanged armor as, again, this a, a gift exchange um, mm-hmm. right there on the battlefield. battlefield Everyone's dying off. around yeah. them. And they're just <laughs> taking off their armor and giving it to and their opposite to the side. Opposite one. Yeah, <laughs> as a sign of their continued friendship. Um, Glaucus was a little bit tricked in this, though, by one of the gods because he exchanged his golden armor that he was wearing for Diomedes' bronze armor, which is only worth nine oxen as opposed to a hundred oxen. Okay. So this so is how it's explained. It wasn't, in, so it wasn't worth the same amount? Not even close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a tenth, <laughs> less than a tenth, but yeah. Such as it is. <laughs> but, you know, they didn't fight that day. <laughs> they didn't. And they were kind of like, you know, there's some Trojans over there you can fight. And I'll go fight some Greeks over here. And everything's all good. So they didn't they didn't fight each other. I like how that story talks about the repercussions of, of guest, of, of that guest and host relationship. Repercussions how so? Like, like, like how it goes down. Like, it went down several oh, generations. Yeah. Like, yeah. like their like the grandfathers. Yeah, the ripple effect. Like, mm-hmm. their grandfathers couldn't have possibly known there was going to be this war, and yeah. their grandsons would have, you know, mm-hmm. possibly killed each other if they weren't friends. Like, mm-hmm. there's... Uh, however, their, you know, friendliness from generations before ended up having this effect 
later on. Yeah. I just think that's a really beautiful thing. It is. It is very beautiful. They're both, I think, very touching stories. And I like that it's, again, it's kind of, it, it's a digression in the plot, but it's a nice one. So I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. And this happened, I mean, these are two mythical examples. This this did happen in, like, quote-unquote, real life as well. Um, people would have these guest friendships and um, say you needed to go to Athens or you needed to go to another place. And, you know, they didn't have, like, hotels, but you would stay with one of your guest friends or one of your father's guest friends. They'd be expected to put you up while you were there. Oh. And they would do it. So it's like, oh, my father stayed here 30 years ago. Yeah. Therefore, I can also stay yeah. here. Yep. That's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that kind of still happens. That kind of still happens. It's more just like, oh, I'm going to stay with friends of my parents. But it's not really expected. Yeah, exactly. You have to ask. You can't just like. You can't just drop in. Show up. Well, I don't think we can We can even do that like normally with like people we, we still, <laughs> you know, are yeah, friends with. True. It's like, no, you have to, you have to ask. You can't yeah. just. You can't just drop in. Except us. We kind of do that. We, we, we kind of do that sometimes, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Um, a, a lady that we will call Kay mm-hmm. sent us an email this week um, and asked us how we became friends. So we thought, hey, this is a pretty good episode to yeah. talk about friendship and talk about how Biddy and I became good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, story goes, I don't really know how much of the story to say, but... Met through friends. Yeah, we just say, we just say <laughs> as much as we we like. Yeah, met, yeah. met through friends um, for three and a bit years ago. Yeah, a little, like, a little more than three years yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, we met, we weren't, we, we hung out a couple times, and then... We, we didn't really know each other, though, because, like, when you're in a big group of people, it yeah. just... Yeah, sometimes you don't really, like, talk to everybody in the group. And, mm-hmm. and I was really busy. I think I didn't hang hang out that much. And well, I was in my were, own world. Yeah, you were still working working on the working masters. Hard. Even before, yeah, like, finishing my undergrad. Started, oh, yeah, you were still finishing the undergrad yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. And then starting my masters, and so I was... Biddy was busy Biddy a was, lot. I was, yeah, I was very busy. And then <laughs> we did start hanging out more. And I think every time we did, we just realized, hey, we, we have this in common. We have hey. a lot in common, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was always really cool because uh, Biddy got me talking about tarot and she would start making connections to to mythology. And I was like, this should be a podcast. <laughs> and then it, and now it is. And now it is a podcast. <laughs> so now it is a podcast. So, yeah, yeah. random conversations. Uh, also, during those years when Biddy was really busy, um, I wrote Biddy a song, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think kind of solidified our friendship. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just really not expecting it, too. And it was just <laughs> such a sweet gesture, and I listened to it every day after you wrote it and sent me a copy before I would start <laughs> writing. It would be my, um, I, like, get pumped music almost. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> to start yeah. to then start writing and start doing work. So, yeah. yeah. It, it was a cheerleading song for, for Biddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, I'll actually play that at the end of this episode. Yeah. Which is, I guess, yeah. now. 
<laughs> we're, we're at the end. Of, we're out of time. We're pretty much there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you, as always, so, so much for listening. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, again, uh, Facebook group or Instagram page, we are at Myth Tarot Love. Um, we would also really love if you would leave us a review on iTunes. It just helps more people to find the show. It's very quick and easy Be to Be generous. Do. Be generous. <laughs> Even just stars. You so, never know where it's going nice. to lead. You this never know. This is true. Yeah. Generations from now, mm-hmm. your grandkids <laughs> could be looking at that that review. <laughs> they could. You, you never know. You never know. Um, so next week we have Six of Pentacles. Or no. No, this was this the Six is, of oh, Pentacles. Seven of Pentacles. Seven of Pentacles. Next week we'll talk about yes. the Seven of okay. Pentacles and all that that means. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, um, so we do have a closing quote for you as well. And it is also from the American Tarot Association. The law of cause and effect is in force here. Expect rewards of your generosity. A new friend could easily be made through a good deed and a kind word. My father once said you must pick two out of three. Your grades, your friends, or your sanity. Well, I've got a different interpretation. Biddy, don't worry, we're patient. We'll be here whenever you need. You can count on us. We know you must read. I know a girl goddess but we renamed her cause to be honest she's kind of small when you see her biddy became an expert in story discovered the link between the great and the gory she's been working all fall all year it's clear biddy is busy Studying history, she's looking back and checking facts and cross-referencing. Biddy is busy, Biddy is busy. She's finding out what the ancients knew. Biddy's got shit to do. Biddy, we love you. She's got diagrams and art Her poor students will try and clearly fail To interpret the stories and justify the tales She brings the thunder and they understand Biddy is busy studying history She's been reading and writing nonstop all week Look at her work, it's all in Greek And there's so much more left for her to seek Betty is busy studying history She's looking back and checking facts and cross-referencing Betty is busy, Betty is busy She's gotta know what the ancients knew Biddy's got shit to do. 
Betty, we love.